Hey everyone, welcome to How to Make Your Own Miniatures Game, the podcast where I, Rick Graham, try to teach you how to make your own miniatures game. Um, if you'd like to check out some of the other stuff that I've worked on, like with Revelation Skirmish, you can check out uh, shoprevelations.com. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit more of like a behind-the-scenes thing. Um, so recently, I've begun investigating and developing and and spending time when I I had free time when I'm on freelance jobs um, coming up with ideas for a new miniatures game set in revelations called well actually I don't really have a, a full uh, name yet but the idea behind the game is that it will be a space combat game and what I thought might be something that's interesting is to mm, kind of catalog um, my process um, because throughout the length of the time that I've had this podcast, Revelation Skirmish, my very first miniatures game that was published, um, was already ready to go by the time I started the podcast. Right, the game was fully developed. It was play tested. It was uh, we had lots of models. We had the cards we had like everything together basically we've we've continued to grow and add new things but the the game was in place and then i started to work on a new game a new game called field of legends uh set in a totally different universe um different sort of combat system different everything basically and that game ended up kind of falling by the wayside um and i kind of just shelved that one for now so I got some ideas together recently for a new miniature game. And sometimes as a creator and developer, you, you just get this like itch and it's just all of your brain power goes towards this new thing. And sometimes I think that that's there <laughs> for us to kind of just have a creative outlet. Like sometimes even if you're doing something very creative, you can get bored of it or you can get stressed by it or you can get um, just burned out by that whatever the other thing is. So then that creative energy tries to go somewhere, all those ideas or inspiration or uh, the excitement of something new um, tries to, to come up somewhere else. And as developers and creative people and developers, we have to um, kind of try to funnel that into something that's productive. So if I, don't want to necessarily think of uh, Revelation Skirmish per se, then I might as well put it towards something else that's helpful. So at first the idea began to be uh, for a new um, miniatures game. I had an idea for a mechanic involving cards and then I was like, okay, if I start going in another direction, Am I going to end up with another field of legends? Right? Like I started to recognize in myself now that I've been doing this for a couple of years and I already had another game that I had to shelve. Am I going to go spend a bunch of time, a bunch of energy, a bunch of money uh, working on something that I'm going to look back on in a year and say, why did I do that? Because that actually happened. So with field of legends, I got super excited about that game and I did not want to, it wasn't to abandon Revelation Skirmish. It was to bring in something else that I thought was going to actually be a bigger um, 
moneymaker, and or at least I, I considered that it might be, um, and that I would still do revelations, but I was like, okay, but maybe this will be something that can kind of help make me full-time into game development and, and my own business rather than doing freelance work and other things for clients. And as I was doing that, well, actually, more so when I was filing my taxes for um, – 2021, I realized how much money I had spent um, on Field of Legends. And if I would have taken that money and put it into Revelation Skirmish, I would have had quite a bit more, either if I wanted to do illustrations or if I wanted to do models or concept art or anything else, I, I would have had more to put toward it. And I would have done, in my opinion, I would have had more products to release um, more content for consumers and players to, to utilize. And it would have made more sense than getting distracted by something that was going to end up costing me time and money and didn't end up being fruitful. That being said, um, with, with the concept that I had for this new game, I was like, okay, I need to put this towards something intelligent, <laughs> not to just go make something new because I can. You know, because as a player, I've followed different companies that release a game, you get one or two releases, expansions, and then that's it, and they drop it. And you're like, as a player, you're like, why as a company would you start to move forward with a miniatures game? And this is doing the traditional means of using, you know, molds and, and mass production on a different scale than what I'm doing with 3D printing. And you're just shaking your head like, why would you move forward with the game you didn't know would sell? Why were you moving forward with the game that you didn't have an abundance of ideas or or at least the door was open for an abundance of ideas so that you had something to go and do? But instead, you like started and you couldn't finish it, right? Like that's so it's so frustrating as a player to invest money into a game that is going to be dead super quick unless you just don't care and you're willing to play games that are dead and, and that doesn't bother you. Some people are like that. So anyway, I wanted to make sure that this game was going to be doing something that was helpful for Revelations as a brand. If I'm going to add a second game, it needs to be something that's very different, but it needs to help expand Revelations. So that was when I got the idea. Well, I've wanted to do the war system anyway. That's kind of what my I've been calling the grand arrival for Revelations tabletop gaming is the war system where you have Revelations Skirmish, preferably also Revelations Battalion or something else bigger than that. Then you had a space game that would allow you to do um, a variety of sizes of space combat. But then White Light Media, my company, can release campaign expansions that allow players to participate in what I was going to call Revelations War, which allows people to have a multi-connected gaming experience. So if they wanted to be part of a campaign to defend or try to invade a planet in Revelations, this war system would allow them to do that. And then they could jump in. Like, say they just do not like space combat. They want Maybe they don't have any models. They don't have any interest in that. That's fine. The campaign will just skip that part and then it'll just move into the ground battles or, you know, vice versa and everything. So that kind of got me even more excited about the idea of a new game. If I could move, take another big step toward the war system. 
and I've wanted to do a space combat game for several years now, and it's been more of an issue of funding or an issue of ideas, and I just didn't have any inspiration for how I would make the game work. So what I thought would be cool would be to take this podcast and to, at times, kind of check in and share what I've been developing, um, what I feel comfortable sharing anyway, of development, of uh, designing, maybe some feedback on playtesting. Because what I'm kind of hoping is that um, by... By keeping records of what I'm going through, maybe it'll help you guys more from a um, a one-to-one sort of situation. Now, I know it won't be quite the same because if you've never designed a, vi- a miniature game before or tabletop game, you're going to be going through all of the beginning phases. And what's what's interesting to me is that I feel like I'm doing that now. And I didn't feel the same way with, with uh, Field of Legends for whatever reason. Field of Legends, I had so much inspiration for the characters and so much inspiration for certain things that were already answered. I guess it didn't really feel to me like I was making a brand new game. I knew I was in my head, but I was going to borrow a lot from the Revelation Skirmish combat system um, that it, it felt kind of like it was similar enough that it didn't feel completely new. With this game... Which, uh, let's say for the sake of it, we just call it Revelation Space until I have an official name. So with Space, uh, which is a goober name, I don't know what to come up with. (laughs) The idea uh, was to call it, potentially, was to call it Revelation's Fleet. Because apparently I have a problem coming up with something creative. So I just call it Literal, where you have your fleet and you fight your opponent's fleet. Um, but like with Revelation Skirmish, it's quite literal. You're playing in skirmish battles, right? Well, what's the what was the, what's the idea behind Revelation's Battalion? Well, you're playing with a battalion of forces. I don't know if it's goofy to name things literally or to just be like, uh, you know, what? Because like games like Star Wars Legion drive me nuts because you're not fighting with a legion of forces. You're not fighting your opponent's legion. It's really Star Wars skirmish really that's the scale that you're fighting in so um i guess we'll just call it fleet because that's my working title right now um if you have a way to comment please let me know what you think of that title (laughs) if you're on discord or youtube um anyway so with fleet i feel like i'm i'm this is entirely from Nothing to something. Now, the only difference being I have established lore, but in the lore for Revelations, I've purposefully not developed too much in the space area because I don't know what the ships look like. I don't know how the ships work, um, at least very little. Uh, I don't know how large space combat is. I'm starting to have more realization for how large it needs to be. And There's a lot that goes into that. I mean, if you're just developing just the ground forces, there's so much development. There's so much thought that goes to it. And then you're going to go now and into space. And that creates all of that again. It's all the same type of stuff just now in a whole new arena. Um, Except in some ways, it's even harder for me because I'm not very familiar with space. So I know that the ranges are at such an extreme 
that it's like, how do I incorporate that? Do I want to incorporate that into a miniatures game? And I'd say that the first thing that I started to run into with this game was figuring out what does the playing area look like? And I was thinking, well, really quickly, I was thinking of things I didn't like. And with games, that, and I have not played a, 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 a big list of miniature games that are set in space. All right. So I'll set that as a, as a preface. So for those that have, that are listening, they're like, Rick, your opinions are garbage. Well, maybe. I've played a lot of miniature games, but they pretty much always involve, you know, gravity and being on the ground. Um, I guess in part because I've never really found a space game that caught my attention which is interesting to go and create a space game. But at the same time, I when I created Revelation Skirmish, I picked a game or I designed it to be a game that was like how I wanted larger scaled battles to play. I wanted something that moved, that was pretty streamlined, that allowed for a variety of tactics that had enough stats variation between units to feel that the units were different but not so detailed that it was going to take hours to resolve, like hours and hours and hours, a whole weekend, right, to, to resolve. I wanted something that, that flowed pretty well. And I think I've done a good job with that. With this game, I, I like space combat. Like when I watch Star Wars movies and they, they have, whether dogfights or let's say the larger uh, battles, I, I like it. The only difference being I have issue with the way that the, the ranges of things that all the ships are like in World War II uh, ranges of each other, which I get because that was kind of what it was meant to be. Now, visually in a movie, it does look amazing. But then when you think about, okay, that these vessels are within a thousand feet of each other and they're massive. So if they turn at all, they're going to hit each other depending on, you know, which angle they go at. So there's... There's not a lot of maneuvering. And then when you have lots of extra ships in there and extra fighters and all this stuff, it's pretty crazy. Visually, though, as a viewer, it looks amazing, right? It's very exciting. But then you step back and you're like, okay, anybody who got in that fight was stupid. <laughs> now, sometimes it may be necessary because, you know, like in Star Wars, for example, the rebel forces being outnumbered or outgunned or outclassed in a lot of scenarios, if you get in close you disrupt the Imperials' strength because now you're in really close range. So now they have to be careful of each other because they outnumber you. So, it, you know, there is an element of tactic of, of getting really close to, to disrupt their strengths. But if you're playing a game where you have a, a relatively equal-sized or equal uh, strength force against each other, that's typically probably not going to be the tactic you want to use. At least I wouldn't think so. So with with Fleet, I want to kind of share with you guys a bit of my process, a bit of my um, thinking. Um, I don't know how much of this is going to be super, super helpful all the time, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try. Okay. So as I was saying, the very first thing that I started realizing is that this game is going to feel different than Skirmish. Now, 100%, you know, I don't know 100% by the time we get to the finish line, if this game gets finished, if this game gets released, how is it going to feel? I want it, I, I, I don't want to be like they're, 
they're so different of games that if you really love skirmish, you're going to hate this one, right? Or something like, like that's just goofy. There will probably be some mechanics that are borrowed and moved over. There'll probably be other mechanics that are altered and moved over. Um, and I'm completely fine with if it, if it flowed well and people, you know, I'm not setting out to make skirmish in space, I guess that's not the idea of the rules. Um, and actually, as we get into this, I won't really be able to because as I was trying to decide on the playing area, I realized that games like Star Wars uh, Armada or X-Wing, I didn't really care for those because it really made movement and combat feel like it's on um, the same level, right? It really felt like you're playing on a 2D surface. It really felt like you were you were playing on a table as opposed to being in this vast three-dimensional space quite literally in space and i'm trying to figure out the best way to be able to move forward with that now i do want to probably go ahead and put a disclaimer on these podcast episodes that are going to delve deeply into fleet in that while i can appreciate anybody's feedback that is given um until things are play tested and designed or thought through 100%, I probably won't pivot too much based on feedback um, because I know one of the things is, you know, sometimes people can have opinions before they've actually tried the game. And from my experience as a developer, you have to be pretty confident in the decisions you're making before you even allow someone to play test because otherwise, you know, that's what alpha testing is for. And alpha testing, I probably won't talk about until it's over because I don't want to accidentally get swayed by somebody's opinion, um, even though they've never rolled dice for it, right? So you gotta, so some of the stuff that I'm gonna talk about with this game won't really be uh, discussed or released um, until I'm either super comfortable or at least comfortable enough to talk about it. Uh, but with the playing area, I'm trying to come up with a way to really do things in a way that players can sort of simulate space. Now, I am not trying to exactly simulate what I imagine space combat to be in real life. Why? Well, for one, Revelations is a very advanced science fiction universe. You know, um, the, the characters and the nations have developed tech in such a way that they can travel vast distances and they have space traveled down, right? Like it works. So, and space combat works. So in our universe, in our, you know, in real life, uh, there are lots of, there are plenty of people who will say, this is how things would be. But I know that based on history, we can all say we know how things will be. And then once the rubber meets the road or quite literally the vessel meets the space, uh, we won't really know how things will be 100%. Now, there's certain things we do know, but there's other things that we don't. So I try to balance that. So, and, and plus, you want to leave room for creative fun with a miniatures game. Now, if you make your game and you want it to be super, super literal, super, super one-to-one, maybe not exactly one-to-one, but you know what I mean, like a simulated one-to-one of real life to tabletop, you can do that. And there are games like that or games that are very close to that. That's not really what I'm going for because you have to, I think one of the first things you need to do is sit down and, and I hope this doesn't feel too scattered. A lot of it is 
Uh, it's kind of an impromptu episode, but also I'm kind of sharing how it flows from my own head. And sometimes it does jump around because that's just how my brain functions. It, 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 it moves about. Some people might be able to sit down and be able to think very linearly, linearly, <laughs> but I don't have that. Uh, mine bounces back and forth until I kind of arrive. And then once I realize I have to finish one particular area, then we do. The goal of this game is first and foremost to allow players to battle in space in Revelations. First thing, right? The, obviously, that has to be accomplished. It has to be a space game. Otherwise, we're not playing a space game. The second thing is that I know, while I don't have all of the answers for distribution and production and manufacturing and everything, I do know that I want there to be a continuation of the model that I used with Revelation Skirmish in that... Um, the models are available through 3D printing, as well as physical, but that they are available for 3D printing. Um, and then the other big thing is that I want Revelations Fleet to go to have the ability to scale from small scale battles, maybe more of like a light engagement or a scouting mission, to large scale battles. So I want the rule system to allow the flexibility, if possible, to be able to go between the two without really too much change, if any change at all. Now, I know that with, like, for example, Revelation Skirmish, the game was in in, in designed to be a company-on-company -company battle. That was really what it came down to. And then if you try to play with a much larger force, it's going to obviously extend the time that you're going to need to play. And I know that with Fleet... That would happen as well if we went from a really really small you know let's say the standard game is maybe something comparable to skirmish like a, a company on company whatever it'll be a fleet but we'll just say for the sake of it 12 units so 12 combat units 12 combat units you're fighting um and that's kind of what we designed the base game to be and then we can say yeah here's a variation of the rules to allow for less units and here's a variation to like triple or quadruple your forces i don't know 100 percent how that will work just being, you know, I, I don't know until we've done more um, testing and development. Um, and right now the game is in a very early phase. So while I can make the statement that one of my design and development developmental goals is to go from a small scale to large scale combat. I don't know 100% if that can be achieved to make the game that I want to play. Right, and it may require there to be a secondary rule set or an alternate game that allows for really large scale as opposed to like moderate scale. But we'll see. All right, so my goal is I can do both. I can, I can go between the two spectrums. Um, when, you're, when you're designing a game, one of the first things, in my opinion, that you run into is deciding, as I started to mention before, so that's getting distracted, the playing area. With a with a regular tabletop miniatures game where you're going to be fighting on a planet's surface, personally, I don't really care for a grid system too much anymore because, meaning whether it's hexes or squares, uh, some sort of grid. I don't want to play on a grid. I'd rather play in a 3D environment. Meaning, you know, we have 3D rocks, 3D hills. Everything is, is, is 
correctly scaled as best it can be because sometimes in miniature gaming you have to <laughs> you have to be a little wonky with scaling sometimes but that things feel and look like they would in real life just obviously on a smaller scale i prefer that sort of gameplay now i will play games like BattleTech here and there i'll play other games um i've played monster apocalypse in the past that uses squares i've played hero clicks i've played you know uh, star wars miniatures the old one that used squares so i'm not afraid of grids i just don't always prefer them because it limits um the way things look so with revelation skirmish one of the things i really wanted to do was it was to showcase the miniatures are scaled really close to how they would be in real life to each other based in my scale system and i want the terrain to also be so that it feels more immersive for the player visually when they're walking by they can look at the table and be like wow that is a cool game what is this and well you know how can i play with fleet i think the best way to simulate space in a 2d experience because you know we're going to be playing on a table now i don't want to go so far as to create some sort of three-dimensional uh grid where it's like 4d chess and you've got multiple levels and you know you're moving your ships and that's how you can sort of move underneath each other and i think that gets a little too complicated uh for setup and it might seem more intimidating for players so i think what i would do is still go with a 2d playmat so we're going to be playing on the table it's one level <laughs> we're not going to have multiple floors um but with this game, I was actually considering doing hexes. And instead of doing... Um, sorry, my, my throat is really dry this morning. Um, instead of doing something that's trying to be very visual, I'm trying to make it more abstract visually because I want the focus to be on the gameplay as opposed to the visuals. With, with Skirmish, I'm obviously concerned about the, the game mechanics, but I really am trying to, to bring home the visuals as well. With this game, I'm less concerned about exact scaling. Um, so at the moment, I'm looking at the, the fighters will be maybe, this is just the working idea, will be a single fighter on a base. And that way, the model will be slightly larger because I'm thinking of this in terms of yeah, if I was doing mass production from overseas uh, with injection molds, I could design things, you know, and they could be whatever size I want. But there are obviously the limitations of, of molding. With 3D printing, if I say all of the fighters <clears throat> are going to be super close to scale, right? We're going to try to be uber close to scale. So, like, a fighter might be one millimeter in order to be able to have giant capital ships on the table. No, nobody's really going to want to 3D print that. Nobody's going to want to base that. Nobody's going to want to paint that because it's so small. There will be some people, but most people aren't going to want to do that. And it creates issues for people with, with not so great eyes or with uh, larger hands. And it's just, and the limitations of particular 3D printers. So now I have to design these super small miniatures to not be how I would rather them to look, but instead to be how they will actually be able to print. And that just creates issues that I don't want to really run into. So I've decided that right now the fighters will be larger and they will represent a squadron or whatever vernacular I end up using. But they're going to represent a, a unit rather than an individual model or 
you know, representing, you know, eight little tiny fighters so that I can see like, oh, there, there you go. There's, there's their, uh, fighter group. I think that it's better to, to do it that way. That also means that capital ships, cruisers, destroyers, everything else in between all the different, uh, you know, uh, designations and such that the ships are not going to be in true scale. Um, the reason I think, again, it kind of goes with the fighters is that like, if you play a game, for example, Star Wars Armada, you end up, depending on what you pick as your smallest model and what you pick as your largest model, then you really have to kind of decide how are these going to fit on the table together. And you end up with really, really, really big models. And while that may visually look cool, it one, it greatly diminishes the range of your game because that big piece is there. So now that means that the scale of your game has to be actually kind of smaller because your range, your actual physical range of, of weapons can't be fully realized. Now, granted, in games like Star Wars Armada, Star Wars isn't known for having extreme ranged weapons. Um, you know, so take that for whatever. But I... My working idea at the moment is that the game will be in a smaller or I'm sorry, that the table space will represent a much larger amount of space and that the the models I want to try to show a scale in that, like, you know, let's say a, a battleship isn't the same size as a cruiser, uh, but or a destroyer, you know, and, and, and or a, a transport vessel, but they're not going to be true scale. Because then I would end up running into a situation where these pieces could be really huge. And then if you start saying, okay, we're going to be 3D printing these, then then that's also going to make things harder for most players. Because one, they don't want to spend a whole bunch of resin or filament uh, and pr preferably resin because these models need to have a decent amount of detail to them. So if they print them with FDM printers, they're going to lose a lot. And if they're FDM friendly because they're massive, then they're going to require lots of sanding and, and fiddling and being cut up into parts. And it's, it's just going to be a mess. So thinking ahead as how would I distribute this game? If I'm doing 3d printing, I want it to be 3d printing friendly. I don't want any ship as like a basis that's going to be larger than one build plate. That would be like the absolute biggest ship ever. Because like to me, a, a standard build plate for something like an any cubic photon or uh, a, a mini frozen uh, a frozen mini 4k that is like the standard build plate size and i want to try to stick within that preferably i don't really see any models even getting as close as a whole build plate but i, I don't want people dissecting models in order to print them at huge scales now if they buy my models and they do that whatever but i'm trying not to make it uh <laughs> going to require great amount of resin in order to play Unless they want to play like super huge, you know, scaled games where there's lots and lots and lots of models. But um, coming up with the design ideas for the miniatures itself. And actually, I've just started to spend time kind of thinking like, what do these look like? Um, and I've had some ideas for what spacecraft looked like in Revelations, but I haven't designed, you know, because I'm one of those types of people. I don't really design and develop past what I need to. So if I don't have a whole bunch of stuff that I need to really design, like if I'm designing a new war mech, I have to decide what it looks like, right? If I'm designing a new tank, a character, 
I have to make that decision. But if I like I haven't spent a lot of time, for example, developing nations that haven't been really talked about because I only have so much creative energy. So I need to definitely tackle the things that are right in front of me. <clears throat> I may have loose ideas for the things way out in the background that haven't that aren't you know brought forward yet to, to matter. But I, I just I'm not one of those people that's super, super creative and can just imagine and dream all day long and come up with all this crazy, cool, unique stuff. It takes a lot of focus for me. Um, so to do the spacecraft is going to take a lot of energy. It just is. But I think that this game will be uh, will capture a different type of demographic than what Skirmish does by itself. Some people will overlap. But one of the things that I think will be the best is that, you know, to have another space warfare game out there can be a, a good idea, right? Um, but designing the miniatures is going to be a, a, a different sort of avenue. It's going to be very similar to designing like a tank or a mech. Obviously, compared to a mech, there's less parts moving on a battleship, but at least potentially. But I... Um, still have to go through the same process getting concept art designed really spending hours and hours thinking okay what do these look like what makes each nation look and feel different now granted i can reference other models i've already had designed and i can say okay this is what the core republic looks like this is their theme so obviously well i don't know if i want to say obviously but very likely i want the spacecraft to feel like they fit with what a sierra or what a Arbalist or what you know any of the other mechs and tanks are for the Republic and how they kind of mesh together and then do the same thing for the Union and do the same thing for the Faust Union that's coming out um, and try to do all that you know and all of that will be fun I've just started to spend some time yesterday um, trying to find some concept art online and trying to decide and you know one of the things that I run into that I think you might as well, if you were designing a space game, is you'd be like, okay, well, if you're analyzing what a lot of other games have done, you start realizing, um, well, first, I guess you have to decide how close to physics you want to follow. Now, for me, I'm not um, an engineer. I'm not trained in any area of legit science. Um, I'm just a guy who's crazy enough to try. So and dream of something different. Um, so I, I try to keep things in a relative balance for what makes sense for how things should work. But at the same time, I couldn't answer every single question of how much you know, terminal velocity does something of this magnitude require in order to break atmosphere? Uh, okay. Um, and most casual players, most players aren't going to know either. So I don't have to get too deep in the woods but at the same time, I don't want to make something like, you know, I was looking at the the Halo uh, UNSC ships and they're incredibly blocky and they have all these parts just sticking off of them. And I'm like, how is this thing aerodynamic in an atmosphere in space? Who cares? It could, it could literally be a square that just <laughs> that just flies and has a gun on it. OK, fine. But if it enters an atmosphere, now you do have the issues of. Yeah, anything can come from space down to atmosphere once. Anything can do that. But what is now going to be required to get this boxy, not aerodynamic ship off the ground, not only off the ground, but back out into space. So I'm starting to 
step into that area and starting to explore those things and starting to have those conversations internally and trying to get some feedback from my community and trying to kind of, cause there are people that are in my community that are much smarter than I am. Um, so we're, you know, kind of going through the beginning phases of that. In terms of the play space, the hexes that I was mentioning, I haven't fully decided on the size of the hexes, but I'm thinking that they'll be fairly large. The reason that I think that they'll be fairly large is that it will allow for a variation in gaming to have certain number of miniatures in the same hex. Because, for example, if you play games like Battletech, and this is not throwing them under, this is just a commentary on the game. The hexes represent, um, is it 30 meters? They're quite a bit of space. They're not literal. Looking at the hex, and the hex is like 10 feet. It's it's much bigger. And in real life, we would know, like, for example, let's just say 30 meters. So if we convert that very loosely to standards that we use in the U.S., that would be around, you know, was 90 feet. Um, it'd be past that because of the size of meters, but we'll just say 90 feet. Let's just make it easy. 90 feet. Now, if you have 90 feet of space and you have a mech standing or a tank or a squad of infantry standing within 90 feet, you can obviously have more things closer than that, right? Like, you can have things adjacent to each other, and they can be 10 feet across, so now you're only taking up 20 feet of that 90 feet, but in Battletech, the way that the hex system works, you can only have one unit in that hex. Now, granted, you can have other situations, but as far as quite literally on the table which is what I'm referencing, quite literally on the table, you can have one thing in that hex because their hex bases take up the size of one hex. So what I was looking at was that with the hex game or hex grid for fleet, that the hexes would be large enough to allow multiple types of ships and the ships would have different size hex bases based on the size or basically the, the classification that they were given. And I've done the same thing sort of in Revelation Skirmish where infantry use like a one inch base most vehicles and most mechs will use a two-inch base or a 50 millimeter. Um, so I try to have a variation in size, and we go all the way up to a three-inch base. So I like having a variety of sizes of bases. I don't want everything to be on the same size base because then that means that your fighter squadron is going to be a very large fighter in comparison to your largest ship because your largest ship is going to fit on one same size hex. It's just that's not fun enough for me. I want it to be different. So if the hexes are large enough to fit a variety of sizes of bases, and it depends because if you have something that's really big, it may take up the whole hex. Or if you have a whole bunch of fighters, you might be able to fit a handful of them into one size hex. So the hexes are going to be pretty big. Um, I haven't fully decided on the size, so I don't really want to say, but it'll be quite, it'd be a number of inches wide. The reason for that is that allows for different things to activate um and you can fit different things and you can say that these things are within a particular range. And obviously being in a 3D space, the ships may be on different distances from one another despite being in that hex. So I haven't fully decided on how the rules will work for that, but it obviously will affect range. It'll affect um, accuracy and other things like that. Um, so, so we talked about the playing area. We talked about the size of the miniatures can vary. Um, the game will be distributed, my intention, like I was mentioning earlier, through 3D printing. Um, there are a variety of questions as I'm going through the development that haven't been answered yet. The primary one being, how much is it going to cost? I don't know. I know that 
I'd like to keep it fairly close to Revelation Skirmish, uh, which I think Skirmish is one of the most affordable miniature games at the scale that you can play that are out there. Like if you buy the STLs and an STL right now as I'm recording this is $5, you buy 10 STLs giving you a quite a range of, of models to choose from. That's 50 bucks. You know, the rules are free. The stats are free. For 50 bucks, you can get into a game. Granted, you have to spend the money on the resin. And if you don't have a printer, you should buy a printer at that price point. But I mean, once you have a printer and once you have resin, you can make as many of those models as you want. So 50 bucks to get into a miniatures game is relatively super, 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 super cheap. Especially because you can print an infinite amount of those things. So you could go really big with your forces if you wanted to. Um, but cost isn't totally figured out yet. Um, it's going to depend on some other things. And, and um, another topic, uh, how will the stats work? I don't know. I think certain parts of the combat system of skirmish will translate well into fleet, but I can't say that a hundred percent because I haven't play tested it yet. We're not actually at the point of play testing. Um, how many units will be on the table at one time, you know, with skirmish, that was very easy for me to figure out once I figured it out and locked it in, then we, everything was designed around that. I haven't fully decided what is going to be considered the standard game because you have to have a standard experience um that you want for your players you need to decide what is going to be the thing that will be the metric that we measure everything else by because this is the way that the normal game is the standard game and then we have rules for variations that go in either direction of smaller and bigger but this is the standard and all the rules and the balancing uh, are all based off of the standard as best they can be and then you make some adjustments, maybe, for going in the other directions. But for me, you know, with Skirmish, I wanted the game to be able to be competitive eventually. So I needed to be mindful of people spamming certain units in order to have the largest force possible or to have the most crunchy min-maxing possible. And, you know, you try to watch out for certain potential trends. As a developer, you will not catch everything. P players will find flaws, will find errors, and will find holes in your tactics that allow them to really exploit and do some crazy stuff you didn't anticipate. That's part of game development is that recognizing that once you hand your game into the public's hands, you don't 100% know what to expect unless you've done so much testing for years that you're like, we have tested everything so rigorously, people aren't going to think of anything, and I've I promise you they'll find something different that you didn't anticipate. Whether or not that's a, a hole or a loop in order to to, to exploit and, and do a bunch of crazy stuff, they'll find something. Um, so I kind of already anticipate that, that I'm not going to get everything, but I'm trying to catch the super obvious. With Fleet, I haven't really decided yet on what is, like if we were going to do a tournament or a league event, more focused on like a tournament, what is that going to look like? I would say that the game itself needs to be about two hours. That's probably pretty acceptable for most people. Um, the play space needs to, at maximum, require a six by four table. Uh, but I haven't decided on, it, it, you know, are we going to try to get closer to a three by three like skirmish? So this is very accessible for players that are, you know, using their dinner table. Or are we going to primarily focus on 6x3, 6x4 size, which some people have at home, but mostly it's going to be local game stores. 
I will probably fall somewhere around the three by three, maybe a four by four. I'm not totally sure yet. The reason being, I recognize that my distribution model of being 3D printed and having, you know, things that are more affordable for players, especially right now as we're kind of looking at, you know, at least in the West, are we going to be going into an inf uh, an inflationary period that's really high that's going to lead to a recession or depression? Finances is a part of it, right? So uh, finances is like the thing of it. But for local game stores, how many game stores are going to want fleet or skirmish in their store taking up space and taking up their tables and promoting something that they don't make any money off of. Probably not that many. There might be some, might be some, but primarily I, I, I can't see too many doing that. Um, they might be cool with you coming in and playing a pickup game of anything, a board game, card game, anything that's dead. Right. But then like, you know, when the magic players need to play, they're like, guys, you got to move. <laughs> or the 40K players, they're like, guys, it's their event. You need to get out of here. Because, uh, you know, those are the big money makers, right, for most stores. And, um, but I haven't fully decided on the, the space, but I'm trying to be mindful of if people are going to be playing this at home, 4x4 four four is already super pushing it. And if you go to 6x4, you can forget it. Most people can't do that. So the larger scale battles... Those can scale up to six by three, six by four. They can go past that because those are super large scale battles and we need lots of room for lots of models. We need range, space, we need all kinds of things. But when you're playing the standard game, you know, it'll be this size. Um, and then the other issue that I run into as a developer is that if, let's say I do the three by three and depending on the size of the hexes, now that limits the total length of the of the play space because if you did it by inches or if you did it by let's say by one inch hexes or one inch squares or one and a half inch those are small enough that you can fit quite a few hexes in that space but if you do something larger say three or four or beyond that inches now you've really reduced the number of tiles that players can use so i'm trying to balance the two together and it, it takes i started to work on um, we were just printing for my, my computer's printer, um, some hexes of different sizes to be like, okay, what would this look like if it was at three inches? What would this look like if it was at four inches? What would this look like if it was at two inches? And if the ships, like say we did a three inch hex and we had ships that were one inch and an inch and a half and two inches, how many different hexes of different shapes and different quantities can we fit in these, these hexes? And, you know, and is this enough? Is this too many? Is, you know, and then kind of trying to figure that out. And that, that's part of, the development phase is if you're going to use a grid, you have to, to me, yes, I could go and I could create a perfectly scaled hex map of any different sizes of hexes that I want and put that on a computer. There's something different about seeing it in person, recognizing, okay, my kitchen table, I think mine, the, the width of it is 42 inches. So I know I can fit a, a, a three by three very comfortably. So when I set up playing Revelation Skirmish on my, my kitchen table, um, I, I have plenty of space to put one mat. There's no problem. And then obviously I can build all the, uh, the terrain out. We can play the whole game and everything. But when you're developing a game, you need to be able to see what that space really looks like. 
And I don't think that you should go and buy a bunch of stuff in order to be like, yeah, I don't like this. And then, you know, you just have wasted money. You should do some sort of cheap mock-up, whether that's uh, just printing or, you know, like from a printer or, or getting some, uh, <laughs> there could be a, there could be a long list of ways that you could hand make things or, or, or at least get proxies in for like height and stuff. So you can see, and you can put stuff because what I'm looking at now is if we're moving forward with a particular size inch hex, I'm going to need to see what a table space of that looks like. I can't do it by just, I have one in my hand. I'm like, okay, now imagine that there were a hundred of these on the table, all set up as a, like, I can't, it, that's, that's too much for my brain to comprehend in a way that seems realistic enough to really see it. So you have to have them, I think, in reality to be able to kind of see. Um, but you also don't want to spend a bunch of money until you've kind of really locked in what you want to do. And then once I lock in the particular size, what I was considering doing was using my FDM printers to 3D print the hexes at the particular scale that I want them. And then that way, they will all be visually present in a better way that I can kind of really see. Um and some of this is still super subject to change. I could I could wake up tomorrow and get an inspiration for no. I think doing things with, um, you know, let's say it just completely pivots. I think making this game mostly a card game will make things better. Okay, fine. And then we we pivot completely, and now it's a board game rather than being a miniatures game. I, whatever. I don't anticipate that happening, but that could. And when you're going through this process. It's difficult because you get different moments of inspiration. Sometimes I have in, I have moments of inspiration for um, this is how the combat system might work or this is how the phases for the players are going to work. Um, these are the types of actions I want to be able to, to, to do. And, and you get them in weird times sometimes, at least for me. I'll get them in weird times. I won't even really be thinking about whatever the project is, I'll be doing work or I'll be doing dishes or, I'll, you know, it could be anything. And then like just a just moment of clarity, like, oh, that's how that could work. So I know that in the back of my head, there's processes running and, and it's kind of like a, a Rubik's cube of ideas trying to like rotate, 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 rotate till it finally clicks. And you're like, oh, okay. That's how that, that could work. And then other times I have to really sit down and, and, plan and be very mindful of, well, how does, how will this work? And I have to kind of really think it through. And sometimes those times can be harder because it's not as, um, it's not as linear, right? It's kind of, or it's not as easy to do because it's, because it is linear. It depends. It goes back and forth. Um, I hope some of this has been, <laughs> When it comes to stuff like this, I recognize that my brain can seem so scattered that I hope it doesn't end up feeling so scattered that it makes it difficult for people to follow because I'm, 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 while I'm sharing things with you, my brain is also trying to be creative and think through like, how are some of these things going to work? And I'm like, I know I haven't decided it. I've made notes for this episode. I even have one section for questions, not ready. You know, you know, how much will it cost? How will the stats work? How many units be on the table? Those are things I haven't decided. So now I'm like, as I'm talking, my brain's trying to think of, well, how will these things work? I can't think about those right now. I'm trying to 
you know, share with people instead. This process can be very frustrating. It can be very fun, but it can be very frustrating. It can be very tiring because different people operate in different ways. And, and depending on the stress and everything else going on in your life, um, I think ideas will flow easier or they'll flow much more restricted and you have to kind of force, you know, the, the, the valve open <laughs> to get anything through. If you are listening to this and you can comment, I would also like if you would comment and tell me if you like these sort of episodes where it's not really themed to me teaching per se, it's more of me sharing. Um, I was kind of going back and forth on if it was a good idea just because it's not as refined, it's not as specific. I can't say this is how I do my point system. Boom, here you go. Um, it's more of, you know, uh, chronicling the design process myself. I, from more of the emotional side of things, the, I really like the idea of fleet. Um, I'd really like to see it happen. I know that there is some interest in my community for the idea of this, but I also know that sometimes when people, there's a difference between when people have an idea of something versus when they actually see it um, or they see how the game is actually played uh, or it comes time to buy and now you know they had some dramatic thing change in their life and now that they don't have the money available that they thought they would or you know everything else so it it's um you don't want to get too excited as a developer just because your community seems excited that's uh, is a good sign if everyone is like Rick, this idea sucks. Don't do this. This is not smart. That might be a red flag, but you don't want to get so excited to release things too early or to release things in a way that ends up hurting you. Um, and I'm trying, at least when I'm doing this, I'm trying not to be so vague that you don't get any interest, that you don't get anything out of these episodes, but at the same time, I have to be careful of releasing too much too fast because one, I haven't totally locked it down and two, I have no idea who's listening and until the game is kind of fleshed out and, and developed and protected, there is an element of you don't want to give away your ideas. So um, trying to figure out, you know, how does the game engine work? And um, that stuff hasn't really actually fully clicked in my head. I have some loose concepts uh, so far I don't think there's anything if anybody took this idea and tried to run with it okay <laughs> your idea will be similar to mine but you won't take anything from me of value yet because it's not it's too vague and uh, it's going to cost quite a bit to develop this so I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to sharing more with you guys if you guys are interested in hearing more about it um, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast and I'm, you know, I'm anxious in a good way uh, for what's going to be coming down the road. All right. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you very much. And uh, make sure you check out shoprevelations.com if you want to check out uh, skirmish and our rules and everything else. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.